2: i yeah. yeah. Horror flicks, hot chicks, and sci-fi book
1: picks. Say what pisses you off. Tell us a joke about dicks. In the mix, you got the desk, by telling you where it's at. Stephen Gord, oh my lord, bowing down to Bone Bat. Podcasting your asses in
3: nerdy, massive glasses. Speak the speak of the geek to all the internet masses. Take your glasses off the set on dropping bombs on your dome in your home. Pull your bootstraps up. It's time to burn chrome. Dirty jokes
4: from the nerdy blokes, chewing on them Kirby loads of that quirky counterculture wrapped up in their wordy show. B movie holy men, bat, metalhead, Politics, amen, independent artist
2: friend, Renaissance casters of the full fan spectrum, nonchalant notables break through the bedlam of bullshit, quick wit, crickets of the populace, Vulcan with some Romulus, rolling Prime like Optimus. Oh
3: Ladies and gentlemen, how do you do? This is Black Sabbath.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 147 of the Bone Bath Show, our ninth anniversary show.
1: This is Steve. This is Gord. How's it going, man? It's my ninth anniversary, Steve. Happy Clay Day! Oh um, my I'm...
2: God, nine years of
1: nine years this of this
2: every third Wednesday night.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's kind of amazing. It's amazing we're still here. Things have changed. Amazing. Some of our fans are still here. Uh, it is. You like know, any of them.
2: Things have changed over the nine years. We used to do it on Tuesdays. Then we <laughs> did it on Wednesdays, and now we're doing it. We're doing it on Thursdays. So a lot has changed over the years.
1: Huge, huge changes. <laughs> People still get it on the same day, though. It's just a exactly, yeah. They do. still get it on Sunday. Yeah, I'm still using the same mic that you bought me. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm I'm glad it's lasted this long.
2: Yeah. I'm using literally nothing that I used in the first episode. <laughs> because I'm,
1: I, and I'm using literally everything. Because <laughs> I'm a colossal gear whore. That is the beauty of you. You'll just yeah. upgrade and upgrade and upgrade, and I'll still be driving a Packard.
2: At some point, I won't even have to edit it anymore. It'll just happen.
1: Organically. We'll just come right out of Yeah, like yeah.
2: nanotech little virus critters will edit the show for me and i'll just sit back and drink kool-aid
1: that's good i hear the nano critters are good editors too <laughs> well
2: they've got little snippy claws and whatnot why not
1: yeah why not like little rna transcriptase editor in there stip, stip, stip.
2: so you know what is super bitching gourd me besides that not only oh. is it our ninth anniversary episode but we have amazing music this show too that is super bitching you so,
1: discovered some super-fiction music.
2: What we're playing now is so cool. You just heard Super from Brownout. This is a Latin funk band from Austin, Texas, who took it upon themselves to do two albums of Black Sabbath covers. So they call it Brown Sabbath, Volume 2, just came out this week, and we are thrilled to be playing some of this great music. I love their, their own twist, ...on these classic tunes. Uh, we Like I said, we opened with knot and uh, you're going to hear a That's lot like more... That's like
1: my favorite one on the album, actually.
2: It's really good. There's a lot yeah. of good stuff, though. We're going to play a bunch more, and we've got an interview with Greg Gonzalez, the bassist of Brown Out, coming up in a little bit. So you've got that to look forward to as well. I'm looking forward to it. So before we get into other awesome stuff, though, well, why don't we talk about the Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival... 2017 things are kicking up uh, we've picked a date the show will take place on april 8th 2017 once again we are returning to the sif uptown cinema in seattle uh, we have opened up submissions so currently you can go to film freeway you can go to without a box click for fest and fest home and submit your film short film or feature be it comedy or horror or both to our festival for consideration. Currently, the submission fee is 10 bucks, but $10. but we do have waivers. Uh, once again, if, say, you are a filmmaker who has placed a film in one of our festivals previous, your
1: money's no good to us. That's right. Bring it, bring it on in. Just bypass the line of people handing us fistfuls of $10 bills and just walk right in the door with your film. How else can you not pay, Gord? Well, you could be solicited, and I don't mean in the way that Steve does. <laughs> I mean in the way that Gord does. If one of us reaches out to you and says, hey, I would really like your film to be in this film festival, we're not then going to turn around and charge you 10 bucks for the privilege of applying. That would no. be a dick move. <laughs> Wait, total dick, dick, dick move. move. Dick move. And one thing we're dick. against, dick moves. <laughs> You've been against many a moving dick. That, that's what I hear. Wait, what? Huh? I'm sorry. Is that out loud? Then
2: finally, the third way that you can not pay is be a Pacific Northwest filmmaker. If you've shot at least 50% of your film in Oregon, in Washington, in Northern California, we'll even go all the way up into Canada. If you filmed in okay. the Pacific Northwest, then you don't have to pay. That's a free submission for you as well. So, so go to... Screw you, Reno! <laughs> go to our website at bonehand.com and... Click the appropriate link for where you'd like to submit and get your film in now. The submission deadline is March 1st, 2017, so we, you've got a little time to brush up your film, polish it up, whatever you need polish to do, it up, edit it down, to make sure that it's the best it can be, and then uh, we will take a look at it and see if we can fit it into our fest.
1: And films are already starting to roll in. It's they so are great. rolling in. And you've you know seen, what? Seeing some great stuff already. You know what? You could be an award winner at our festival. Yeah, but tell me, Steve, in festivals past, awards are just things that are ephemeral. I don't even think you get a trophy. Is there any real award at this film festival? Well, you know, we've thought about that, Gordon and I. (laughs) And
2: this sounds like a bit. It's not. In the past, we've had Best Live Action Short, Best Animated Short, and then last year we added Best Pacific Northwest Short. And this year, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to have those three awards, but we're also going to have... I don't even know what we're going to call it yet. What are we going to call it?
1: Judge's Choice. Judge's Choice,
2: choice. the Jury Prize, the Bone Bat Award of Excellence. I don't know what we're going to call it yet. But the important thing is that it comes with $100 American.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. So we're giving a cash prize this year to a short, which... There's something Steve and I have wanted to do for a long time. And so finally the film festival is successful enough that we can start not just showing films, but giving a little financial incentive, a little financial reward to the people or person that makes the film. So I'm I'm really happy about this. I i wanted to do this <laughs> and now we can.
2: Yes, now we can. Cha Ching. And on top of that not yeah. only will you Still get, don't get a trophy though. A hundred dollars. Now, with a hundred dollars, you can make your own trophy.
1: You can but buy it. You buy your
2: trophy. You will but. also be listed on IMDb as a Bone Bat Film Festival Award winner. Thanks. What, what, what? To, that's right. We, our event is now listed on IMDb as an official event. Thanks to Rodriguez Fruit Bat of Shitty Films and Dick Proof Two. He is an awesome dude, and he hooked us up. Showed us how to make this happen. We had to fill out a form, and ta da! It just appeared. It's now on IMDb, our event. Uh, I've added all of our previous award winners to the site, so you can go there to review and see the past winners. Uh, Also, you can always go back to the festival site itself where we have links to previous films. So that's another good resource if you'd like to check out what we've done.
1: That's so cool. We're we're legit now. We're we're like a real boy. It almost feels like
2: it, yeah. So great. So, yeah, the festival's going to happen. Uh, Kickstarter, uh, we haven't even started really working on that aspect of it yet. We just got the submissions going, and we still have sponsorship and stuff like that to do. So probably about a month away, I guess. Does that sound about yeah. right? Yeah, uh But once again, you'll be able to get your t- tickets. You'll be able to get enormous packages. You'll be able to buy your awesome bone bat Film Festival swag in advance all right there additionally we're also starting to work on our art we have an artist this year
1: bongo brain artist this guy's work is so great
2: we're really thrilled and uh looking forward to working with him so pretty soon you guys will get to see some amazing new art which will be on your t-shirts on your posters whatever you need from the film festival so we're really
1: excited about that interestingly enough it's not actually nick ducker this time (laughs) it's not you know great artist at all he's just you know, not him this
2: time. Yeah, it's not him this time. It's not Mark Palm. It's not Steve Wands. Nope. We've had a lot of great artists over the years. Yeah. and one of
1: those guys we use voice. That's that's
2: all I'm saying. It's not Nick's. It's not Nick's. Oh, God. Can't forget Nick's. Can't forget Nick's. All right. So that's uh, what we have to say about the film festival. Uh, it's what... happening.
1: $100. Submit. Go. There Next. you are.
2: There you are. Okay. Uh, how about, uh, do you want to do what pisses us off first, or you want to play a couple of voicemails? Let's play a couple of
1: voicemails.
2: Okay. Well, uh, first off, our good friend and long-time listener, Stuart from Wales.
3: Hello, long-time listener, first-time caller, Stuart speaking. Congratulations, you two, on nine years. I am shocked at how fast time has flown. And you might actually hit 150 by the end of the year. Might. That'd be a challenge. Anyway, considering I haven't heard a... dick joke in a while, and you are legendary for it. What do you call a woman who loves small dicks? Hopefully your wife. Anyway, this has been awkward enough. See you next year. Enjoy whatever you're doing.
2: Uh, yeah. Once again, Stuart's made me uncomfortable. I don't know about Uh, you. I'm completely uncomfortable.
3: I'm
1: vaguely aroused. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Wow, yeah, you know, I guess we kind of got away from the, the dick jokes, but, I mean, we got a lot to cover, and, uh, you know, you only put so much in a podcast these days. I was gonna tell a joke about my dick, but it's too long.
0: <laughs> it's, it's
1: I what
2: see I what you did there. Oh, that's right. Uh,
1: just kidding. If I laid it out on my keyboard, it would go all the way from A to Z, so... <laughs>
2: Uh, next up, we have a voicemail from another good friend and longtime listener, Vaughn K. Ooh-hoo.
3: Let's hear it. Hey, guys. How you doing, Vaughn? Uh, I'm calling you to kind of kiss your ass and congratulations on nine fucking years. I've been doing this for 10, and i recently just started doing it again. Uh, podcasting is a pain in the ass. I don't know if you guys noticed that. It's a life suck. It takes a lot of time. Just if you have little kids, you kind of just don't want to do it. But um, I have to really congratulate you guys on nine years. You know, i just kind of you know, backtracking or whatever. You know, I don't know when the hell I started listening to you guys. I don't even know how the fuck I found you guys. I think it was probably from listening to a promo that you guys did for another, on another podcast. I was like, hey, this sounds good. This sounds fun. You know, and it's, the thing is, I've been on your show. I've sent things to Steve. Steve sent things to me. We've kind of talked personally. I think the last time I called... He's actually tricked with the phone, and we talked for a little bit. Um, and we're kind of all cordial, you know. And of course, a little bit of a standoffish kind of prick when I say that in love. But, you know, we're all kind of cordial. And it's always this kind of thing where it's like every year guys, you guys do the uh, film festival, I'm always like, I gotta go. I gotta go. And just because of the way my life is right now, I don't have the money to fly all the way to uh, Seattle. But I always try to contribute. Um, and help about... But I hope, I hope you guys continue doing this. I'm not going to say another nine years, because that's, that's so cliche and bullshit. But I hope that this continues. You know, the fact that you guys have known each other for so long, and you have all these great stories, I hope that there's more stuff like this. Uh, I know this is kind of on a timer, so I don't want to kind of babble on. Um, you guys always ask about who, what pisses you off. And I'll explain the you re- right now, what's pissing me off. Is the kind of situation with the topics right now that it just me off, I don't trust any of these guys. Not even Gary Johnson. Not even the uh, Jill Stein. Jill Stein tried to fucking get herself into the uh, into the first debate. Tried to like she was gonna bum rush it like a dumbass. They got fucking picked off. I don't trust any fool at, uh, at all of them. And I and I thought the vote. So I had to vote for somebody like the lesser two evils. which really blows because uh, they just they're not. None of them are good. None. That's what pisses me off. It's just I have no like viable things. It's, none of them are going to help my kid future or my family future. It just all sucks. And uh, what else? What else? What I don't know. You know, I've even played video games with you guys. That now is, you know, great times. You know, I mean I mean I'm not be particularly fond of everybody you guys affiliate with. But whatever. You know, I, I still, I'm doing podcasting now with Jeff Crazy who's been on the show. You know, an old friend of ours. And it just it's kinda of weird kind of circled here. You know, no, you know, kind of vulgarity involved, but you know, we're all kind of friends and we're all kind of colleagues and we all kind of bullshit with each other and it's, it's always colpacetic and I really like the, um, fact that I know you guys through this and, and, you know, it feels like I, I've known you guys for like a good long time. Maybe more than nine years. Uh, this is probably a rambling, incoherent voicemail, but when have they not been ran, random and incoherent? All right, I think that's it. Um, Yeah. Frio and uh congratulations, you cockstuckers. Bye. Wow,
1: standoffish prick, huh? Yeah. Uh, he's got you nailed. I don't know. He's never even met accurate. you, and yet he knows you that well. I'm frankly I was shocked. You know, actually I, I come off as standoffish, but really I'm I'm shy and crying on the inside. <laughs> Are you? Really? Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> but we'll go with that.
2: Yeah. I just want to say thanks for calling in, Vaughn. I, too, really value our friendship. And uh, for you listeners, Vaughn has spent more time thinking about movies that you have never heard of than any five guys I can think of. You can check out his stuff at Motion Picture Massacre or Podcast Mania. So do you want to get into the political thing this early or is that something you want to save
1: for later? Oh, Jesus. No, no, because you know what, I'm glad Vaughn called because let's do what pisses me off because this, maybe he can help me with this. Okay, well, let's do that. It's very related to Vaughn's profession. You know what pisses me off, Steve? What's that, Gord? Steve, what pisses me off is the state of the postal service in my community right now. In that, And it's not just me, it's like my neighbors and it's other people in this town that I talk to I don't get my mail all the time. I know that I'm not getting stuff that's sent to me. And I also know that I'm getting other people's mail. (laughs) Really? And it's not just like some junk mail or magazine or whatnot. I get medical bills. I get insurance forms. I got somebody's banking statement yesterday. It's not that tough. I wouldn't think that's tough. Maybe Vaughn can help me out here. But I have numbers on my house. I put... I pay that guy that comes around every once in a while to put the numbers on the street, on the concrete, you know, in front of my house, on the curb Curb, that's the word I'm looking for and because I was getting so frustrated about the mail situation like a crazy man one morning, I went out there with a paint pen and just scrawled the numbers across the front of my mailbox (laughs) in hopes that you know, maybe a third set of identical numbers will identify my house and my mailbox, which have not moved since I moved in here <laughs> I, what the what the actual hell? Just match the numbers on the house to the, the numbers on the envelopes and ta-da! Vaughn, what's going on with the mail? That's what I want to know because that's pissing me off.
2: Maybe you have the the postman from Better Off Dead. The guy's like walking down the street dropping mail. Just <laughs> like he, dropping mail.
1: He knocks on the door
2: and he's like, Hey Gord, what's a little boy like you doing with big boy smut like this? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I kind of wish it was, but I've had the same mailman, mail lady, the postal carrier, ever since I moved here.
2: You should put in a request for Taylor Negron.
1: I will. Let me do that right now. Uh. Yeah, Go- the Googles actually owe me a check. I filled out all the, the form and everything, and I still haven't seen that check. Oh. and I've had bills that just didn't show up. I know that.
2: Maybe Vaughn can give us a callback and let us know Maybe like Vaughn the, has my check. the top three ways that mail goes awry. Maybe it's the way it's addressed. Maybe there's something that we can do in our own communities to make sure that our mail arrives in <laughs> on time like it should.
1: In a timely and accurate fashion. Step one address all envelopes in blood. <laughs> Step two pray to the great elder ones. That's right. Spin counterclockwise chanting nath Shala Furay I don't know. Yeah yeah. Cthulhu Fatagan. Yes, that.
2: That'll work. Steve, Cthulhu is known for punctual and timely missives.
1: Has Cthulhu ever misdelivered a letter? I don't think so. <laughs> right. Never.
2: Well stranger eons usually shows up on time, so there you go. Okay.
1: So Steve, what about you? What pisses you off?
2: You know, actually, so I just got back from just a great, awesome vacation. Uh, the family and I went down to Southern California and did an early Halloween vacation. So I'm going to talk about a bunch of stuff. I'm going to review a few things for you in case you happen to find yourself in the neck of the woods in a few minutes. But right now, the, the single thing that pissed me off most was we went to Universal Studios Hollywood for the haunted Halloween Horror Nights, their version of haunt. Which were pretty awesome. But the thing is, the deck is stacked against you. Now, we went the opening night because we had read that that was when the crowds were the least, right? Okay. We got there at, the park opens at like 6 p.m., 7 p.m., something like that. And it's open till 2 in the morning. So we're there for seven hours. There is eight different haunts that you can go on. And we were only able to go on five of them. We were in the line for Freddy versus Jason for three hours. Holy God! It's unfucking conscionable. And it like you'd have to walk half a mile to the bathroom. You could leave the line. They didn't care. But I, I, it's just insanity. But here's the thing: so it's like sixty bucks per person for a ticket, but you can pay hundred and sixty bucks for a, a skip the line pass. That lets you go in another line. And by the time we got there and we figured this out, the skip the line passes or front of the line passes were all sold out. So you're just fucked. And you just end up sitting there. And you know, we come all the way from Seattle down to do this. And we're spending seven hours there. And to not be able to do everything you want to do in one night was really fucking aggravating. So, They're just
1: screwing the roofs. You're just those out of town. I, rubes I would do that. Hats.
2: I would do it again, but I would never go back there unless I had a front line pass. Because fuck that. Why stand in those lines for all that time and not get to see everything? That's total it's bullshit. Sixty bucks per
1: person. Maybe that's Yeah.
2: Fun. Well, it's expensive. I mean, we were spending a lot of money on the trip. We went to Disneyland for a couple of days. You know, we flew down there. So your rental car, all that shit. So you're spending a lot of money on a lot of things. Hotels restaurants whatever and so that was the one place where we decided to try to you know save a few dollars not realizing that it would totally cripple the evening so fucking disappointing don't do it if you got to go and you can afford it do the front of line pass because otherwise you're going to spend the whole night standing in lines instead of seeing what are literally five minute haunts so that was a Huge. huge huge disappointment for me so there you go that's what pissed me off
1: that's, that's soul-crushing. I, I don't know if I would have been able to deal with
2: that. Yeah, yeah. A little bit annoying. And, you know, we are there with the kids, and they were into it, and it was fun. And everybody was chipper enough. But by the end of it, you know, it's it's almost 2 in the morning, and you're standing in your last line. And it's just creeping along. It's pretty brutal. So Anyway, so thank you very much to Stuart and Vaughn for calling in. You guys are the best. I'd say uh,
1: thank you, but I'm a standoffish prick.
2: You are. Uh, so, why don't we uh, listen to a tune? Yeah, let's do it. Why don't we listen to uh, one of my favorites from Brown Sabbath Volume 2? This is Sweet Leaf.
0: Keep on smoking it! <laughs>
2: Once again, that was Sweet Leaf from Brownout Presents Brown Sabbath, Volume 2, just released this week, and I'm so thrilled that joining me now is Greg Gonzalez, the man who was laying down the fat bass on that very cut. How you doing, man?
4: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me.
2: Oh, thanks for being on the show. I gotta say, this is a huge thrill to have a band of Brownout's caliber on our ninth anniversary episode. We're really thrilled about that.
4: Yeah, well, congratulations on uh, making the cut nine years in a row. <laughs>
2: Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. So, so listen, I, I, my big question is, I just heard Brown Sabbath, and this has been like a huge Black Sabbath year, really. I mean, I took my kids to their very first Black Sabbath concert in January, seeing on, on this final tour, and even Mac Sabbath, the Clown Sabbath band, came to town, and now we're hooking up with you guys. So this has been amazing. I know that you've been establishing a reputation as one of the most killer live acts in Austin for the better part of a decade. Even prior to that, most of you have been setting the backbone for Grupo Fantasma, another amazing band. What makes you say, fuck it, I want to play Black Sabbath covers?
4: Well, um, we've always been fans of Black Sabbath, you know, uh, especially the the rhythm section, I should say, you know... uh, myself the two guitar players were from a border town called laredo texas which is a you know in spite of its uh heavily mexicanated musical background is also full of classic rock and heavy metal heads so <laughs> nice. coming up in high school you know uh not to date myself too much but i was listening to a lot of alternative rock and heavy metal you know and uh, of course black sabbath stood the test of time it was highly influential you know absolutely so we always loved that music and it was super influential to us coming up you know not just because it was funky but also it was heavy it was psychedelic you know it, it appealed to all the different little parts of our brains
2: <laughs> <laughs> right sure and
4: uh, i guess a couple few years ago we we were doing this residency here in town where we played at a club called frank and we we played every week and we decided you know let's do a different theme every week you know so we had like a a hip-hop night where we had a bunch of local rappers join us. We had a a night where we covered an entire James Brown album, the soundtrack to uh, Black Caesar. We called it Brown Caesar. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And we did, a you know, like a a throwback breakdancing 80s night where we called it, you know, Brown Out 2 Electric Boogaloo. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. And then we finally were like, let's do a Black Sabbath tribute. We'll call it Brown Sabbath. You know, it was just kind of one of those weird airbrain schemes you get in the middle of a tour when you're doing a twenty hour drive somewhere and you're just like kind of riffing on an idea like let's do Brown Floyd and let's do <laughs> you know zz Brown and let's you know you're just throwing these things out there to just keep yourself Jackson Brown out or whatever, you know right, just sure, throwing yeah. them out there all day long. And Brown Sabbath you just kinda laugh it off at first and then when that show is coming around and you're we throwing around ideas, you're we like, let's do some Brown Sabbath and you're like, Yeah man, that'll be fun you know little did we know the (laughs) impact it would have you know all the shows were good but that one was like a line around the block sold out house and on top of that we had a revelation in our singer Alex Barrero who's been a longtime friend of ours he's a, a really talented musician he plays guitar and drums and percussion and uh he actually played with group of phantasma briefly and when we told him we were going to do some sabbath he was like man i would love to sing some songs i'm a huge (laughs) aussie fan and we were just like yeah sure go for it but we had no idea that he was going to bring it like that you know he he totally assumed this whole persona (laughs) you know he came out with costume changes and this really nice mild mannered kind of you know cat that we've known forever comes out and he's got this total rock star swagger and attitude and you're just like man this is killer that's fantastic Uh, so that was kind of the impetus for it later on uh ubiquity records caught wind of it and they were like hey we'd like to record that and put it out you know so we kind of were recorded it on a lark (laughs) and you know now it's been two or three years and we're a sabbath cover band as well as a full-time original psychedelic rock funk band with, with our own material so
2: Awesome. Well, you know, it's funny because, like, at first blush, you might not think that Black Sabbath would fit necessarily in a funk take. But then when you hear Bill Ward's kind of jazzy, swinging drum style, it fits just mm-hmm. perfectly with horn stabs, man.
4: Yeah, well, their their music ultimately is super bluesy. You know, it, it's kind of a an outgrowth of that era when you had bands like Cream and Zeppelin and the Yardbirds and all these bands that were kind of Taking the original kind of blues psychedelic thing and then like giving it a little boost of of aggression that wasn't there, you know. Of course, Black Sabbath took it a little bit further and they had the whole kind of conceptual idea. You know that uh, originally the concept, I think it was Geezer Butler perhaps who came up with the idea that he was like, you know, after watching the original movie Black Sabbath, yeah, was the, a horror movie Mario
2: like, Bava like directed, I wanted, yeah,
4: yeah, he was like, I want to do the sonic equivalent of this horror movie that's gonna shock and freak people out and see the the sonic equivalent of that freak show and they were like yeah sure go for it you know so they <laughs> took their their bluesy rocked-out riffs with their fuzz and they decided to kind of give it that theatrical element that they heard in the horror movies and the rest is history you know so so the elements that make it funky you know it all comes from that blues feeling from that early kind of rock and roll sound with with added aggression and distortion
2: absolutely so how do you go about arranging a black sabbath tune with the horn section does it take a long time to come together or is all pretty organic
4: you know it really depends on the song um some of the riffs were just naturally super funky on their own you know the the one on the top of fairies wear boots just kind of naturally feels funky you know other times Mm. it's it's a matter of changing the underlying you know kind of beat going on with the drums or or something like that, or or giving it a different kind of texture with the effects, you know. And then adding percussion, of course, instantly gives it a whole other kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought it kind of had this dark, like, black magic kind of sound going on when you start adding all (laughs) kinds of percussion to it, you know. Right. It kind of goes to that whole kind of sound. And, uh, you know, we definitely alluded to that. Not that, you know, we believe in those kind of superstitions, but you know, it it definitely invokes that kind of tribal witchcraft mystery sort of sound. On top of that, um, our horn arranger Speedy, uh, Mark Speedy Gonzalez, Speedy (laughs) being his nickname, obviously, he's just brilliant at making these things work. You know, he he listened to the songs and to his credit, he uh, abstained from overthinking it and making anything too jazzy or anything, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and really went for a more heavy sound of the horns you know and and it just somehow works you know he didn't he didn't try and put any really frilly thing on there he didn't put any jazzy kind of notes together anything he played it really strong and percussive Mm
2: -hmm. you know well and i like how you mix it up i mean there are a lot of bands out there that might play you know more slavishly to the original but there are some songs like Mm -hmm. your take on Iron Man. Actually, the main (laughs) riff is almost just a suggestion, and you've made it this whole other thing that it's definitely that song, but it's also, it's brown out, man. And that's really cool. I love that.
4: (laughs) Well, yeah, thanks. I mean, that was one of the first ones we came out from the first night that we did the Brown Sabbath show, you know, and Mm -hmm. some of them obviously lend themselves to more interpretation than others. You know, they kind of have a, more of a stripped down sound and and iron man was one of those you know also we took some of the songs and had the liberty of interpreting them more as uh, instrumentals
0: mm. and that
4: also frees it frees you up to be able to interpret things a little bit more so for instance we did black sabbath you know the song black sabbath from right. the first album black sabbath and uh you know having the guitar play that vocal melody with a lot of like delay and, and echo kind of effects gives a super spooky <laughs> melodramatic quality, you know it's totally different and then there's even other songs that we didn't record that you have to go to our live show to catch, you know, for instance we do a killer version of War Pigs but we I was going like to
2: ask about
0: that
4: world, <laughs> we <laughs> felt like everyone in the world had already recorded that song and we we're right. like, you know what this is just going to be for the people at our show so nice. everybody loves to sing along and that's really their, their biggest hit for you know, and it's their most poignant (laughs) yeah
2: well definitely it's most critical Uh, right yeah
4: yeah so you know there's some songs like that that was also kind of the thing thinking with iron man was like you know this song is so epic and timeless like we didn't want to just recreate it as has been because it's been done so many times you know yeah let's try and bring something new to it it was more the deep cuts that we didn't change too much you know the Mm -hmm. uh
2: well, I think, like, The Wizard is kind of more along the lines of how Sabbath did it. knot's a pretty good example of that as well.
4: I was thinking Hand of Doom. Hand, Hand of, of Doom. Doom is one okay. that's like a super deep cut. You never hear that one on the radio. And uh, it ended up being, you know, one of the, we made a video for it and stuff, you know. I always loved that song. I thought it was super funky, so.
2: And that was one of the ones where you did an instrumental version and a vocal version, right? That was one of the singles?
4: Yeah, I think it was, uh, we did a, uh, the original single was that track, and I think The Wizard was the B-side. Oh, cool. All right.
2: Mm-hmm. So what are your plans coming forward for October? Are you guys going to do some touring and play this for the masses?
4: Uh, well, we're doing our CD release, uh, album release, what have you, at the end of October. Okay. The gears of the record industry, unfortunately, are very slow turning. It's, <laughs> it's a glacial movement of things so we had hoped to have it out this past summer and then it you know just took forever to get it out so we're a little bit behind as far as the touring plan goes we plan to definitely hit the road a lot in 2017 but because of the holidays and everything else it's going to be a little bit of a challenge so aside from some you know strategic one-offs and whatnot and maybe a a couple short runs here there You know, we probably won't do any heavy support of it until uh, early 2017.
2: All right. Well, I know that you occasionally make it up to uh, our area in Seattle through your uh, KEXP video, which I would recommend all of our listeners go check out because it's a great way to get introduced to Brown House version of Black Sabbath. You guys did a a lot of great cuts on that uh, radio show, and that was a lot of fun to listen to and watch.
4: Thanks. No, we love getting up there. Unfortunately, it's a long It sure is. Long trek from Texas up to, to Seattle. So, was, we would be there every weekend.
2: Yeah, a long <laughs> way from Austin,
4: man. Absolutely. Alright, no so uh, why
2: don't you tell our listeners where they can find your stuff?
4: Uh, our music, or the Brown Sabbath albums, I should say, are available on Ubiquity Records, and you can go to their website. You know, uh, Once it's available everywhere, you'll I'm sure you'll be able to find it on iTunes and Amazon and You know, wherever good records are sold, your local record store, Mm -hmm. uh, what have you. Sorry, We also have a a bunch of original material as well, which is available through our website. You know, if you go to brownoutmusic.com, we have a a merchandise page, which will take you to our our web portal. And you can get copies of our Brown Sabbath albums there as well as any kind of other cool brownout swag, koozies, t-shirts, and also our own original music is available through there
2: fantastic well we're definitely going to have to have you on the show again and featured some of that stuff down the road so uh i hope that uh you enjoyed this interview as much as i did and we can make that happen one day
0: for sure man
2: <laughs> all right man well the last question we always ask all of our guests here on the bone Bad show greg what pisses you off man
4: uh the state of american politics
2: <laughs> it's kind of front of mind right now isn't it
4: yeah yeah i mean it's hard to choose (laughs) honestly quite a few things are upsetting in the world at this moment but yeah uh yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) all right man well thanks again for uh, joining us on the show it was a pleasure speaking with you and uh why don't you lead us into this next cut
4: yeah sure uh i believe the next track is fairies wear boots uh which is fairies wear boots slash jack the stripper i believe <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah i think it is you're right uh,
4: which is uh one of our favorite uh black sabbath songs you know it's it's kind of a a dopey song but what's really funny about it is the lyrical content is like you know Ozzy's talking about how he's seeing all these things and <laughs> the, the moral of the story is the doctor is just like hey Ozzy." Lay off the drugs. <laughs>
0: yeah, a little bit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it is, you're right, it's kind of a dopey song, but damn if it doesn't slay live. You know what I mean? We, when the, we, oh, They played yeah, yeah. it they played it in their tour, and it was awesome. Did you happen to actually get a chance to see them when they came through on this last run?
4: You know, I've never actually seen them live, unfortunately. I've seen a lot of video, a lot of YouTube, mm-hmm. and of course I've heard all the albums. But, you know, I never have a chance whenever they're around to see them. And unfortunately, I was never as big a fan of Ozzy's solo stuff as, you know, the Sabbath stuff. Right,
2: sure. All right, man. Well, thank you again for joining us on the show. And here it is: Fairies Wear Boots.
4: Thanks a lot. is from brownout and brown sabbath and you're listening to the bone bat show
2: all right once again that was fairies wear boots by brownout taken from brownout presents brown sabbath volume two out this week on ubiquity records you can find that once again at brownout.bandcamp.com and itunes and other uh favorite music places that you might frequent so, dude, why don't we talk a little bit about the vacation? Uh, just going to hit a couple of high points. Uh, All
1: right. You talk about that vacation, so Steve. We Are we wanted getting to, a slideshow, too? Yeah, no, no, no.
2: But we, uh, what we did want to do was we wanted to do kind of a Halloween vacation. We, we had sort of been talking about this for a while, that we wanted to do Universal Studios. And I guess while we're down there, we go to Disneyland because they kind of do a Halloween thing and take the kids. And then the real kicker, though, was the Guillermo del Toro exhibit exhibit. At Home with Monsters at the L.A. County Museum of Modern Art. And, dude, that was freaking amazing. It was the greatest museum exhibit I have ever been to. It had, like, old concept paintings from Disney films like Sleeping Beauty. It had classic art. It had props from his films. It had Jack Kirby comic books. I mean, it had just everything that a horror fan might be interested in all in one room, or actually like eight rooms, but all in one building. And, I mean, it was just stunning. And I could could just stand there and look at piece after piece after piece and admire it. And uh, some of the amazing things were these statues that were done. Like, there was Jack Pierce, who was the makeup artist who did Boris Karloff's makeup for Frankenstein. And so it was two lifelike statues of him applying boris carlos makeup as he was holding a cup of tea and reading the newspaper huh. i mean it was just like this little slice of life that was totally perfect and it was so neat to see it and then there was the, these great set pieces from the film so like there was a, a statue that was behind glass with a mirror effect from devil's backbone it was the ghost kid and so yeah. and you, like you can see the blood coming from his head and floating up into the air just a therapy, Totally a fact. cool. Yeah, it was just great. And there was so much good stuff. It's only playing there until November. So if you find yourself in the Southern California area, you got to go to LACMA and see this exhibit. It's just great. I did post a slideshow of about 40 pictures, I want to say, on Facebook. So if you do a search for Guillermo de Toro, at Home with Monsters, and Steve Hollitz, you'll probably be able to find it. So check out some of the photos. Look out there, because if you can't make it, it is going to travel. So in November when it ends, it's supposed to go to uh, Minneapolis, and it's supposed to go to Toronto. I don't know which order. I don't know if they've announced that yet. But there are two other cities that you can see this display after it leaves L.A. But, I mean, just the coolest thing I've ever seen. We, we spent two hours there, and it was brilliant. That was so much fun.
1: That sounds really cool. That sounds way better than Disneyland or Universal Studios or any of that stuff. That's what
2: I would be hitting on. Well, Disneyland's a blast when you go with your kids. I mean, it's just fun. You run around and you do whatever they want to do. We were there for two days and we went on everything twice. Uh, as far as Halloween stuff goes, they've done kind of an overlay. So there's like these great big uh, Mickey Mouse shaped pumpkins that are sitting in the uh, the Main Street USA area. And then a couple of rides. So a uh, Haunted Mansion, which, you know, is creepy enough as is, has the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay, which I got to say, I kind of hated because I, yeah. I, I've always liked the Haunted Mansion just the way it is. And they took out some of the stuff, but it was almost just that they piled a bunch of Nightmare Before Christmas shit on top of it. So it was just, I don't know, it looked overdone, like there was just too much crap in each scene. And... You know, you didn't get to hear grim grinning ghosts, and I i didn't love it. I, I came out from that disappointed, I have to say. And then Space Mountain has a ghost galaxy overlay on it right now. So basically, you remember typical Space Mountain. You go up, and then you shoot through space, up and down. And you kind of spin around a few times through the stars. Well, now they've got these yeah. great big ghosts that look like Eddie from Iron Maiden, that are on these great big screens that chase you as you're flying through the sky and that was pretty That's fun that was neat i really enjoyed that so it's worth it those were the longest lines we had to deal with while we were there but uh yeah. you know there's fast passes at disneyland so you can sort of negotiate that so it wasn't too bad one of the really cool things was at the end of the night the ladies were tired of going on you know thrill rides and so my son and I went down to Splash Mountain, and, you know, I'm not a big fan of long drops, but <laughs> but but he was he was kind of getting into the different scary rides. I'm like, okay, well, let's go do this. And so, of course, they sit me in the front. Now, fat guy in the front of a log that, foam,
0: oh, just yeah. a terrible,
2: you're going to get soaked, right? And so, right. so we get in there, and we go on it, and it was fun. And I'm kind of trepidatious, you know. We go down the hill, and I'm feeling the squeeze in my stomach. I'm pushing down my feet as hard as I can, <laughs> gritting my teeth. But I get through it, and I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, that was fun. That was cool. Okay, let's get out of here. And then the guy is like, oh, well, there's only two more minutes. You guys want to go around again? And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and then my son's like, yeah, let's go. I'm like, all right, here we go.
1: So That's cool. That.
2: Yeah. So it was that was kind of cool that we got to do that one after the other. Uh, another ride that, that I did not expect, but in California Adventure, the park across the street, there's a Cars ride. Now, I know that you're not a big fan of the Cars <laughs> franchise, the movie, all that shit. But this ride was one of the coolest things that we did. Um, it's kind of <laughs> like you think it's going to be a dark ride, but it's really not. You're in a race car like Lightning McQueen. And you cruise around kind of the southwest in this outdoor scene. And then you go through the town and a couple of scenes from the movie. Then at the end of the ride, you pull out and another car pulls up next to you. And you end up racing. And it's a canned race. But you go about 50 miles per hour on these streets. And it was totally exhilarating. We had a great time. Actually, we we, we went on that ride first on the second day because we heard that the lines get really long. And we walked off and we just went right back onto it again. And it was like a 15-minute wait to get right back on. And so we were able to do it twice. And it was super fun. So I'd say do that. Uh, The other thing, though, to do in California Adventure on the haunted scary theme is the uh, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. It turns out that this ride in uh, 2017 is going to be decommissioned because they're making a Guardians of the Galaxy ride out of it. Yeah. So this is your last chance to go on the Tower of Terror. And again, that was another one that... I didn't really want to go on it, but my son was like, oh, I want to do it. And so we went on it and uh, he had a great time. He really enjoyed it. I was the same thing though. Once again, I was like, ah, I'm going to lose my shit. But I
1: didn't, so. I held it together. Wow. So there you go, folks. Disney Indiana podcast. (laughs) There you go. Uh, And then, uh,
2: like I mentioned, Universal Studios Hollywood. So we went and did that. Um, Went on the Harry Potter ride. Now there's a, There's a hog, or what do they call it? Hogsmeade, the town from Harry Potter. If you're a Harry Potter fan, that is super cool because it is exactly like what you see in the movies. You walk around the little village, and there's a couple of rides there. There's a ride that's kind of a suspended swinging virtual ride thing, and my wife got super queasy on it. So, depending on the level of quease you can handle, you may want to avoid that. Uh, (laughs) Springfield was really cool. There's a, a, like, moe's bar and a quickie mart there from the simpsons and that was super fun to wander around there and uh there's a simpsons kind of virtual theme park ride and that was fun but you sit in a car with people in front of you so i spent the whole time looking at the back of somebody's head which was kind of lame so didn't dig that
1: yeah. jurassic park it ride remind you have a lot of dates you've been on i'm sure
2: <laughs> the jurassic park ride super fun that was good uh, it's kind of short, but it's a, a jumbo log flume ride. It's probably twice the drop of Splash Mountain, but you're in a much bigger car, so it doesn't seem so bad. You get chased by a T-Rex through this, this complex, and it's pretty cool. That was fun. And then the, uh, I was surprised the mummy ride was pretty bitchin' as well. That was a, a lot of fun. And very similar. I see where they got the idea for the Ghost Galaxy thing at Space Mountain. I'm pretty sure it was from the mummy because it had that very similar vibe of flying through the dark while being chased by, in this case, kind of Egyptian spirits. But it's the same sort of a vibe that they had. So that was that. Yeah. Then we went uh, into the haunt stuff. Now, there is a permanent uh, haunted maze there for Walking Dead. So we actually did that in the day, and we didn't have to do that during the night when the lines got bad. Uh, And that was pretty neat. You know, you're walking through scenes that look just like the TV show. And that's what the Universal Studios lot, which you can imagine, really has going for it. One of the, the haunts that I dug the most was the Halloween Horror Comes to Haddonfield haunt. And I mean... You walk into the first room and you're literally standing in the Strode's kitchen as lightning flashes and Michael Myers is standing there. You're physically in that space and that was fucking cool. Because it was like being in a movie. And every one of the haunts that we went on were great. So we did that. We did, there was one for the film Krampus that came out last year. Mm-hmm. So you're going through a Christmas house while being chased by all the denizens of that film. The Freddy vs. Jason where you would walk through scenes from a number of different films. And what they really do well also is your local haunt can maybe have one Jason or two Jasons. They have like ten Jasons and eight Freddys. <laughs> Every Around every corner you were being lunged at or jumped at or startled or scared. And then you're in these like movie set type of rooms. So that was really cool. And then the last one that we went to was uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So you were chased through the house by uh, Chop Top and Leatherface, and that was totally fun. So all of the haunts, again, were top notch. Really, really good. But just get the skip a line pass if you're going to go. Uh, you, that's a must. You just that have is to the take home
0: from this. Yeah,
2: definitely. And uh, that was pretty much it. The only other horror thing we did on vacation was we went and saw Blair Witch, and it fucking sucked. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's too bad, man. Yeah, it was dog shit. That is genuinely unfortunate.
2: So, uh, speaking of witches and wizards and whatnot, why don't we listen to a tune? Let's do it. This is another one from Brown Sabbath from their first album, Brown Out Presents Brown Sabbath. This is their take on The wizard. Big chickens, jeez. Step. <laughs> Which way do you go? Left. left or right, guys?
0: Left, no, no, go left or right? Left.
2: The left hand path, huh? <laughs> Not responsible for injury or accidents. Uh oh. harvesting just corn what
0: are
2: you I think they're harvesting people
0: they're harvesting people this is scary get in here, here
2: let us go first then. this is so creepy just the natural the natural light, the natural corn the natural steam what happened to those girls dead. <laughs> Oh, dang. So
0: yeah, he's, following. he's, right he's us. He's right there. <laughs> he's right behind us. us. He's
2: been Okay. Let's oh, yeah. It. Oh, there he goes. That is full on disturbing. Wow. These
0: guys are coconut shell food. He's been
3: following us for a while.
2: Yeah. Yeah, don't be surprised if he ends up in front of us, right? Especially.
0: Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Oh, it's the dribbling.
2: <laughs> There's a squishy spot, <laughs> I had to watch out.
0: That thing always freaks me out. Oh, thank God, church. church. Okay, we're going to church. We're safe.
2: Going to the chapel and where. Hey, where'd my family go? Right here. Gonna get buried. Oh. <laughs> oh. Harvest at nine, cleanse at ten. The shucking hour. Uh oh. <laughs> the shucking hour. <laughs> That doesn't sound good.
0: Okay, so Bye. Bye. good Hello. Good will you please as you go to the chapel. Okay. Raise your hands okay. and prepare. Okay. Prepare for Jebediah. Okay. Your flesh, okay. your flesh will be salted. Your face will be skinned. Your face will be skinned and your head will be torn off. Oh, that's, that's not a good that's, that's will good. That is Jebediah. Yeah. Praise
2: Jebediah,
0: Jebediah, brothers and sister, praise, praise, Jebediah. praise Praise Jebediah! Praise, praise. the Lord. <laughs> The great vision of the fish! The great vision of the deep crows on his bed! Oh That's so nice!
2: Ew. Thanks for that, Jeff! Okay. <laughs> Thanks for this, Jeff! Ha 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 ha
0: time for dinner. Come on, let's eat. Come on, come on, eat. Come on let's, eat, let's eat. Come on, let's eat. Come on, let's eat. Come on. Don't just look at it. You must eat it.
2: Try What's it. the specialty it's of it. the house?
0: See, I am mean, <laughs> <you laughs> I <try> <laughs> it. so good. Master was so proud of me when I the house. Come on, please. Just try it. Make me happy. Make me happy. Make me happy. Make me happy Oh my God, some
2: of these are alive. Oh oh <laughs> Yay! Oh I swear to God some of these are alive. That was hot. That was too hot. All right, Steve from the Bone Bat Show here at Stalker Farms for their haunt season 2016 with my main man, Dan O. How you doing, man?
5: Pretty good, pretty good, pretty wet. Oh, it is soaking out here,
2: but it's still a great time. We shot some paintballs and some zombies. Good, good. And we have done uh, one tour through each of your haunted mazes this year, the Harvest. And uh, Pogo's Fun House, is it? Yeah,
5: Pogo's Funny Farm, yes.
2: Pogo's Funny Farm. There's a lot of chopped up bodies in there, a <laughs> lot of scary clowns, and a couple of things I had never seen before. i mm-hmm. got to say, the corpse totem pole by yes. itself is the worth the price of admission. I've yes. never seen that in
5: any haunt. Well done, sir. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, we have some uh, new creative people this year. and. uh we were inspired by a few things with that, and we said, you know what? We need a body totem pole. So <laughs>
2: super disturbing. You got <laughs> to come true. out and see this, people. And then on the clown side, mm-hmm. the giant television right was awesome. It's three nice. D. You got to see it to believe it. That was cool.
5: Yep, yep. So Pogo's down here. Uh, Pogo it might be a puppet. It might be a TV character, but uh, <laughs> you don't know. So, uh, yeah, no, always improving and uh, making everyone have uh, happy smiles on their faces.
2: Well, we're ankle-deep in mud, but we're still having an awesome <laughs> time. So, you know, Seattle, we're, that's to be expected in this outdoor splendor. So. That's right.
5: Wind, rain, clouds. This is uh, Pacific Northwest, folks. <laughs> it is, yeah. Either you do it in the rain or you don't do it at all. That's right.
2: So tell us, uh, or tell our listeners, rather, uh, when are you open?
5: Well, we opened October 8th, so we are open every Thursday, Friday, Saturday through the rest of the season, and we're open on Halloween, October 31st. Nice. So come on up to
2: Snohomish and check out Stalker Farms this year. Thanks again, Dan, for letting us play in your bloody playpen.
5: That's right. It's uh, the bloody swamp, but uh, <laughs> but you know what? It's, uh, it's fun. We love it. Everyone loves it. All right. Well, thanks again, man. Thank you. Okay.
3: If you'd like to, you can have some concessions or you can just donate. We <laughs> need some more ice. <laughs> no,
0: thank you. All right. Well, tell Pogo I said hello.
2: Pogo. We'll remember that. Pogo. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, the school bus is right at the start this year. be this tall to die. Hello? Chucks find meat. This way? This way. This way? That way right there. Right there?
0: Oh.
2: I wonder where Pogo is. Where's Pogo?
0: Alright. Oh. oh. Hey Steve! Hey, how's it going? I'm playing for you, boy! <laughs> oh, I
2: love you! This, uh, nice place you got, here. I like big boys like you. Oh, thank you.
0: Keep <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> <laughs> going, Kitty Cat! I appreciate So we got everybody? No! Clown no, dude!
2: Oh, that's hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: my God. Isn't that cool? Oh, more friends, hello! It's so good to see you!
2: It's so I good to see you!
0: Will. Do enjoy the show!
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is the best. I love the it.
0: Clouds. Don't listen to the clowns, though! Did you shoot it us? No, I would never do thing.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm up here. Um, oh
0: my god. Okay, here we ball. go, here we go.
2: What? <laughs> I'm in here.
0: Okay, okay. There's we the wrong right way. Let's this way? way. Let's go this.
2: Now we're in a maze, guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's the same woman. <laughs>
2: <No>. She's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> are you going the right way? I don't know way. You? You're not the first to get lost in my flywood palace. Okay.
2: <laughs> Listen, guys, Left! my glasses Unless are totally fogged, to so you, you leave. I do not right. know which way to go. <laughs> go right. Left. Go right. Left, right? Okay. Left in my
0: one? Wrong way. Oh, uh, I think she's lying. I think that is the. Okay.
2: No, there's no way to go there. It's a window.
0: Right. You right. want glass. to go back where you came from? Yeah. No. <laughs> Okay, maybe let's go. No, it's, it's
2: down this way. Okay. Follow the music.
0: Okay, follow the music. You are doing it right the first time. Really? <laughs> what are you doing back here? <laughs> that way. Wait, no. This oh, wait. way. What? This what? way. Oh yes, yeah, that way. <laughs> she's right.
2: She-, she just said not to go this way.
0: She's. I lied.
2: She's a tricksy one.
0: Dixie Hobbins is! <laughs> <laughs> you! Follow the natural light! Yep. <laughs> <laughs> <I miss>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Once again, that was The Wizard by Brown Sabbath. Hope you dug it. Again, you can find their stuff at brownout.bandcamp.com. And then following that, a little surprise from longtime sponsor of the Boneback Comedy of Horrors Film Fest, Stalker Farms Field of Screams. The family and I were able to get out to the haunt on Saturday night and check out uh, a little bit of this year's action. So, that will be open from now until Halloween. I hope you have a chance to get out and see what I have often called one of my favorite haunts in the Northwest. These guys put on an awesome show. You're not going to see anything better in a natural scene than walking through those foggy cornrows. They've got two great haunts this year, so definitely check it out. So, dude, you got any weird shit this episode?
1: You know, I do. I got got some weird shit, and I imagine our listeners probably starting to get tired of me bitching about Donald Trump, but I swear to God, that guy is is a maniac, and he did the weirdest goddamn thing. Even for him, he did the weirdest goddamn thing last week. Uh, Wednesday of last week, he went to Nevada, Nevada, (laughs) and he told the people of that fine state that they were mispronouncing their state. (laughs) He corrected the entire state on the way they should pronounce it. He, he said, uh, and I'm going to quote the man, heroin overdoses are surging, in fact. Overdoses in Nevada. And then he goes, Nevada. He said, you know what I said? You know what I said? When I came here, I came out and I said, nobody says it the other way. It has to be Nevada. He stands there in front of the fucking crowd of people from Nevada telling them they're pronouncing their state wrong. That is just fucking amazing to me. I imagine next he's going to fly up to Oregon and, it, and tell everybody it's pronounced Oregon. Yeah. it just—that That is undoubtedly true. Yeah, and so after he started getting shit for of course, his spin people had to come in and go, well, you know, you know the man. He's just joking around. That's what he does. He's, he's joking. Like, every goddamn thing he says, then they, they have to have people translate for him like he's the fucking Oracle of Delphi and they're interpreting his <laughs> guttural brunt to or- mean, like, Plant later this year, or don't invade, or yeah,
2: or even his vice president, who who's like spins half of the uh, debate, telling everybody that yeah, Donald Trump didn't say that, it, j- only so you can go back to the internet later and hear him intercut saying that with whatever Trump did actually say. <laughs> Good lord! Yeah, it's it's amazing. The thing yeah. about Trump I that I can't get past is. I am completely convinced that he holds the American people in utter contempt. He you thinks he thinks we're just the rubes, and you can't convince me otherwise. So why would you want that guy to be president? Somebody who thinks that you're just an absolute piece of shit who is there to be fleeced by him? I don't get that. I don't get why anybody would want that for a president. But 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 Hillary. Yeah, I don't. I like what. P- can get it either. I like what PJ O'Rourke said: is that I, I, you know, I, I hate to say it, I can't stand anything that Hillary is for, but I'm going to vote for her because she's the second worst thing that could happen to this country.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy now, like the the number of stalwart Republican conservative things newspapers that have you know never endorsed a democratic candidate was it
2: the arizona republic came out for hillary arizona republic yeah. and then the the atlantic monthly who has only come out for two presidential candidates in history abraham lincoln this is how far back they go back abraham lincoln and lyndon b johnson because they didn't like barry goldwater and they're now they've come out for hillary clinton
1: and they said that they're not doing it because they like Hillary Clinton. No, nobody does. Trump is so fucking atrocious, <laughs> right? He's categorically unfit to become president. Yeah, any asshole that flies to your home and tells you you're pronouncing it wrong, he needs to be kicked in the ding ding, just like Hitler got kicked in the ding ding. <laughs> <laughs> Was he? Is that what <laughs> happened to him? Yeah, don't no, remember the uh, puppet monster massacre <laughs> shown at our very film festival. It talked about Hitler getting kicked in the ding-ding. Yeah. Now that you say that, I do recall that. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Didn't really actually mean to go to Hitler like everyone else does, but it just happens when you're talking Trump. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. So if you've got a state you'd like uh, Mr. Trump to come and mispronounce, please set up a rally. (laughs) Pronounce California. Kale. Because all you hippies eat kale out here. That must be it. (laughs) The Trump imitation is horrible. All right, do you want to listen to another
2: tune? I do. How about the aforementioned Iron Man taken from Volume 1 of Brown Out Presents Brown Sabbath? Check it! Right. Wasn't that cool? That was cool. Nice stuff. So cool. Way to go, Brown Sabbath.
1: God, I wish I wasn't on this podcast because then I would be listening to this podcast and I'd be like, oh my God, that's so cool. You can listen to it later. Yeah, you know, it never ceases to
2: amaze me the bands that I should have known about sooner than this. (laughs) Once again, I should have known about these guys like five years ago. How do I, how did I not know?
1: know? I don't know. It's a big world. There's a lot of cool stuff a lot of it. good
2: music but that that almost makes life worth living doesn't it just knowing that there's more bitchin music just around the corner
1: yeah not, not quite but almost <laughs> seems like all right well uh
2: how about a little multimedia triage
1: yeah i want to start with a, a little something something here steve okay west world episode one yes versus luke cage episode one <laughs> and i don't know about you but i in fact i think i'm the opposite of you I was completely psyched in the bag already, ready to love Westworld. And Luke Cage couldn't give two shits about. It. Probably just gonna give it a big miss. It didn't interest me, it didn't excite me. But I, I, enough people started saying, Wow, this is really good that I decided to, to watch it. So those two things. Now, I don't know about you, Westworld? Yeah. I found decidedly meh. <laughs> you look at the first opening scene in Westworld and you're like, yeah, maybe you care about the the guy on the train. And that's about the only person you look at the opening scene of Luke cage. You want to know more about every single person in that room. You can't wait for the next scene that has somebody in that room in it. I just thought that, that it was night and day. Uh, What did you think?
2: Uh, I thought they were both great in different ways. Yeah. Yeah, no. I I actually went back and watched uh Westworld again. What? The first episode because just to see all the stuff that I missed. It is so intricate and so deep. It's like Back to the Future, too. Because <laughs> it starts doing the Groundhog Day thing where it keeps repeat it starts to repeat itself. Well, Let's yeah, talk about Yeah, because there's a
1: yeah, we The can, stories are on a, you know, they, right. it's, it's neat. It's conceptually neat the way they have it laid out. There's all these interacting story loops that, that essentially play over each other. And if someone makes a decision, then it branches off and the stories overlap and intersect in predictable ways. That was cool. And, oh, I didn't think in
2: predictable ways at all. I, th- I came away with that first episode with a million questions.
1: No, they have it all figured out. They've got it mapped out. It's like a pick-your-own-adventure book. They do, but we
2: don't. We don't know what the fuck is up. Who's the man in black? What is he doing? How long has the thing been there? Are there other worlds, or is there just the one? What's going on in the basement with 700 fucking hosts that are just sitting there wandering around naked? There's a million things going on in that show that we don't know, and I was totally fascinated by, by it. But it's an intellectual exercise. It's something to think about and talk about. Whereas Luke Cage was visceral, badass fun from the word go. And episode four, when you get there, the origin of Luke Cage was one of the most baller fucking things I've ever seen on television. That was so great. And it even harkened back to the Luke Cage power man that I knew in the 70s when I was buying those comics. So hot. Oh my God. But I'm only like up to episode 7 so I haven't watched it all yet but i
1: only watched episode 1 so I'm I'm looking forward
2: to it I totally love the series it's great it's very good I think it's better than definitely better than season 2 of Daredevil probably better than season 1 of Daredevil and at least as good as Jessica Jones yeah I thought Jessica Jones was good but not great I thought thought it was better than the Daredevils it was awesome the Daredevils got to the oh we're going to fight ninjas in the dark again Yeah, So, you know, that sort of wore itself out for me. Whereas Luke Cage, like, the story just twists and rises, and there's different aspects to it, and it's really good shit. I mean, Luke Cage is fucking great. I can't state it enough. But that said, I'm also loving Westworld, and just the start of it, and knowing that there's a lot more to learn about that world out there, I think is
1: really exciting. It has the potential to be a cool story, but So far, there's only one character I thought was any fun to watch, and that was that one robot that was malfunctioning and quoting Shakespeare. Everyone else is just there. There's just... It's just... Maybe that's a a decision by the director to make everyone human and robot alike to be these bland, automaton-type entities. Hmm, Yeah, I, I didn't get that at all. And for the love of God, that was the worst version of paint it black why did they do that orchestral (laughs) paint it black thing for the gunfight did you did you notice black hole sun okay black hole sun on the player piano that was was cool cool. wasn't that cool i like that yeah yeah and they closed the johnny cash song you can't go wrong there yeah no
2: i just i thought it was a, a cool show with you know it's been a long time really i i can't think of where i got engaged in a science fiction series you know i never really watched lost Battlestar Galactica? Yeah, since BSG was the last time I really got engaged. And then they screwed the pooch on like the last season and a half. But I'm just hoping that this is going to stick with it and be good. Somebody described it as a uh, cross between if Deadwood and Black Mirror a 3D printed a living child. That, that would be Westworld. I thought that was a great description. <laughs> That's absolutely Funny. the
1: perfect description for that show. Huh. I'm really surprised you liked it so much. There's a lot to think about. There's a lot of stuff there I maybe it'll become realized but I just I didn't care about any of the characters yeah no I thought it was
2: great I loved how so the listeners you may not have seen the show yet so I'll give you a brief rundown so Westworld you may remember this movie back in the 70s uh, with Yul Brynner in it it was about uh, there's a Disneyland-esque theme park where you can go and live out your fantasies in a western realm a medieval realm or a Roman realm and there's robots basically there for you to do your bidding. So you can kill them if you get into a scene with them. You know, you have sex with the hookers, whatever. And then you go away home and no harm, no foul. It doesn't matter what happened because they're all just robots. And one of the robots, who's a gunslinger, played by Yule Brenner, goes nuts and starts killing everyone. And so it, it was Michael Crichton who wrote and directed it. It was his kind of first take at a theme park going awry. Which you would revisit in a big, bad way in Jurassic Park, right?
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: So they've taken that theory, but they've kind of put a twist on it where it is a theme park that you go to, but it also very much has like a Grand Theft Auto or Red Dead Redemption vibe to it of where... Each day, you attend the park, and the hosts, they call them, the robots, are going about their lives, and they have narratives and stories that they follow. So, you know, you might meet the same person at 3 o'clock each day in the bar or wherever. So, it's kind of how the robots interact with their world. The creator of the robots, who's played by Anthony Hopkins, he's always trying to make them more lifelike. And he's come up with this thing called reveries. So basically these robots are reused over and over and over in different narratives. And a reverie is a bit of programming they put in where it can sort of tap back to previous builds of its memory.
1: Yeah, it goes back to previous memories even if they don't apply to its current build, Right. current character.
2: Which is a pretty interesting concept when you think about like how you edit a Word doc. You know, you have the, the version that you had before. It's still on your computer. You just don't see it. And so these robots are tapping those memories in the same way. And at the same time, there's these little touches. Like at one point, Anthony Hopkins, he, he's down in the basement of Westworld. And he's talking to this animatronic version of like Wild Bill Hickok. And he's worrying and he's jerking, but he has like the same facial look as a pirate that you'll see repeated in pirates of the Caribbean because they use the same faces over and over and over again. And I thought that was really cool that it was a very similar face to this one pirate that you always see in pirates. And it was just kind of cool. There was like that touch. And there was a number of other interesting things in the show that I really enjoyed. So I I'm definitely going back to it. Uh, And I I hope it keeps going. You know, another series I like that I think people aren't getting into is the new Exorcist series on Fox.
1: I didn't even know it existed.
2: Yeah. So it's, I mean, it was sort of unheralded. I didn't hear much about it before it came on. But Julie and I have watched the first two episodes and found them really kind of entertaining. It does lean a little bit on the jump scares, which is annoying. But it also has some like truly creepy shit. But there's been two episodes of it and they're already talking about it might get canceled, which bums huh. me out because it actually is kind of some intelligent program. I'm enjoying the show. So check it out, please, listeners. And uh, I hope you dig it, too, so that, you know, this thing can get enough push so that it'll keep playing because it's a good show. All right. Well, I'll
1: check that out. Thanks, for this, huh? mm-hmm. And then now, uh, Mr. Robot.
2: That, that did <laughs> Yeah, it sure did. I just thought the end was fucking
1: what? What? I didn't realize the, I watched the final episode, and I didn't realize I'd watched the final episode. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. I was like, kind of like, oh, cool. I can't wait to see where this goes. What? We're done? <laughs>
2: yeah, I may be over, Mr. Robot. I don't know. It's pissing me off now. It's to a point where it's showing crazy shit, and... It it just doesn't make sense to me. It's not logical. And granted, Elliot, the the main character, is supposed to be an unreliable narrator. Yeah. But when when the story doesn't make sense anymore, you can't follow it. That's where you start to lose me.
1: Well, we'll see if it all comes together next season, I guess.
2: You know, that's the thing that uh, we were kind of talking about this the other day, but uh, Julie and I started watching the new season of American Horror Story which, by the way, was the most popular haunt at Universal Studios. That line was over two and a half hours long the whole time we were there. But uh, the the new season is my Ro- Roanoke nightmare, and it's kind of patterned after a reality show. And by the second or third episode, it got to that that spot that AHS does, where it just shows you freaky shit that doesn't really pertain to anything. And it's usually right before a commercial break. So it's like, ah, here's a bunch of guts and a pig head. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> My car, You know, it's not like the logical progression of the story was following to that. It's just this Frightwig shit. And that drives me nuts about it because I kind of want to like it. I like scary stuff and I want to see stuff like that on TV. There's a certain point every season where it starts to piss me off and I stop watching. And I, I feel that coming on once again with this show.
1: Yeah, I gave up on it after the Lady Gaga thing. Not because I just like Lady Gaga, just because it turned into some weird, meandering rock video for vampire sex. Yeah.
2: yeah, here's a guy. Here's a guy raping somebody with a razor blade. That that's great. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I needed that tonight before I go to bed. Wait. You gotta go to work tomorrow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> can't, can't wait to support your sponsors. <laughs> and who's that guy? I don't know. You'll never see him again. What do you care? <laughs> Look. it's tough for me to consume much of any media right now though because and not just because i've got a bunch of film festival stuff i need to start watching but xcom 2 came out for the xbox so and, how is it oh it is so good can you play it on the xbox is it good with consoles? Absolutely. it is very I, now i didn't play it on the pc so maybe it's missing some cool functionality that people love on the pc but it translates to the xbox i, I think really well i it's intuitive. It's it works. It's smooth. The only complaint I would have is the the delay between scenes, like the when right before a battle and right after a battle, seems like that kind of takes a little while for it to load. Okay. But the functionality, the gameplay itself is is just fine. It works well. It's it's great. You don't have enough resources. You're constantly forced into decisions where things you know you have to sacrifice this to get that and you don't really know what's going on and i don't go online and read what research is going to get me what i just i'm riding the ride and taking my chances and it's it's cool the first the first few missions man your squads just get torn up you're lucky if you could feel the whole squad because most of your guys are like bleeding out back in the mothership oh shit but you, it's a thinker. It's a game that makes you think a lot. You, you've got several levels of complexity that are on top of what you saw in the last XCOM game. And, uh, boy, I, I really recommend it. This game this game is kicking eight shades of ass and taking all my time. <laughs> so what's, all,
2: what's different but, about it or what's new since
1: Enemy Unknown? Well, for one thing, you don't have a base where you can just sit there and and wait for resources to show up. You've got to go out and get resources. You, you can be alerted to when there's resources available in an area and then you, you fly your ship out there and scan it or collect it and it might take a couple of days. And during that time, there's other things happening where the ship really should be to attend to. Like you might get an option to wipe out a guy that's you know on the alien side that's going to make the apocalypse come more slowly. You might get a message that if you go to this other part of the map and unlock something, you'll get more resources there. But, you know, it doesn't have a fixed base, I guess, is the thing. Your your base itself is constantly moving around. And then one of the cool things, or one of the frustrating things, depending on how you look at it, is the use of engineers. You've got these other characters on the ship itself, which you start amassing like you do scientists. But they do things like clear out rooms. So if you want to excavate a room to build something, you don't just pay 40 resources and excavate it you've got to send an engineer there and they will take 10 days or send two engineers in and it'll take five days but you've only got say four engineers right and if you're not using them for that you need to use them to staff a room so those rooms become more effective like you get more power out of the power plant or you get more signal out of the the radio you don't have enough to get the job done and there's this this countdown towards some sort of apocalyptic event that you're always trying to prevent, and you can go on missions which slow it down or knock it back a step. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's it's kind of like Darkest Dungeon, and it's constantly pressing into a bad decision or you know lesser <laughs> right. bad decisions. So I'm digging it, and I think that I probably screwed up. Several days back, and this game is probably going to be a loser for me. Several days forward, and I'm going to have to start over. It does not spoon feed you. Well, that's spoon.
2: Uh, how, how how many times did you play Enemy Within? I mean, you must have gone through that game three times. So you were probably going to do that anyway. In all fairness,
1: yeah, yeah. And I think that one was the same thing. I got I got halfway through the game and realized, oh wow, I really should have been putting more satellites up sooner. I don't have enough money. <laughs> ba, 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 dead, <laughs> right. And the fun thing about that game is, let's say you won that game, this Uh game comes around and essentially tells you, yeah, well, you still lost the war, fuckhead.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's XCOM for you. It's always bleak news, no matter what.
0: (laughs) No matter what.
2: I won the mission. Yeah, but while you were gone, your base got nuked and... (laughs) (laughs)
0: Everything you hold dear has been evaporated. Your
2: favorite taco stand's been destroyed. There's nothing (laughs) good.
1: Tacos! So, I played a few games beyond XCOM 2 that we've talked about in the past. I just want to kind of touch on them. Okay. played the, the beta for Pit People on the uh, Xbox. Yeah, and? It's really fun. It's really good. I played it and enjoyed it. My 13-year-old son played it and enjoyed it. You played the demo, so yeah. you know all about it. It's it's fun and it's a bit like XCOM and you're constantly going around a map trying to unlock new different things, which will you'll have tactical battles which help you strategically finish the game. But it's a hell of a lot more funny. There is so much creativity and laughs and weirdness. Isn't the music great? and the music oh my god the music's the music's awesome.
2: fantastic every scene you go into different kind of cutscene, or when you go out in the world and you're driving your little wagon train across to go to the next mission it has like this spaghetti western music and then you go into battle and that's a different kind of music oh it's so much fun it's so yeah, good yeah when
1: you're at home base it's like some crazy like Oingo Boingo meets the Squirrel Zippers music going yeah
2: on. yeah kind of like ragtime almost. almost it's, it's just bizarre weird stuff but totally good yeah, and all kinds and then, of little quirky characters and weirdness going on. It's too much fun. You could just get lost just fucking around in the village for like two hours.
1: Yeah, all the weird little hats and stands. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like Fallout Four with a sense of humor, a bit more wacky sense of humor. And then, based on your recommendation of a two stick shooter, I played Rive. And Steve, it's a platformer. It's there are there are two stick shooter elements to it. Yeah. And it is totally beautiful, and it is fun and shooty and, and madcap, but in its heart, it is a platformer, and I'm, that's just not my thing. Uh,
2: I'm not a Mario kind of guy.
1: Uh, it's uh, not, I didn't,
2: uh, maybe I didn't play enough of it. I only played one demo level, so. Oh, yeah. There's
1: levels of it where it's, it is two-stick shootery, but most of it, you're platforming. You're you're. Driving around, and you got to memorize just how to do this so you don't get squished by that, and when to jump here so you don't get burned by this other thing. And a lot of people really like that kind of thing. It's just not my kind of thing. Oh, sorry
2: to hear that. Yeah, I'm sorry I steered you wrong. Yeah, when I played it, I basically played
1: one level of it. It was just shoot, 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 shoot. There's a shitload of shooting, don't get me wrong. But I love the zen aspect of a pure two-stick shooter where you're just. Anytime you pick up the game, you're starting from the beginning and you're playing forward till you die and you're you know, you move in in all directions, shoot in all directions. No no real gravity to contend with, it's top down or floaty outer spacey. I don't know, I get in almost like a, a hypnotized Zen mode playing <laughs> Geometry Wars where I'm floating around the screens blasting.
2: Huh. I'm sorry about that, but I mean, you didn't like Westworld, so what the fuck do you know anyway? (laughs)
1: Exactly. Well, I understand his so. I'll tell you what I don't like about Westworld, but fuck you. You wouldn't understand it anyway.
2: I don't give a shit, frankly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And to be perfectly clear, I did not dislike Westworld.
2: No, you fucking hated it. Just come right out and say it.
1: (laughs) I know what
2: I said. Go to the tape. I never (laughs) said up Are you going to go full Trump? I'm going to go back and play. I'm going (laughs) to cut together like this snippet of Gordon said. Westworld sucks. Dicks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Look, you don't believe me. You've got a liberal agenda. You can ask Sean Hannity. I was there with Sean Hannity watching Westworld together. And we (laughs) loved Westworld. Sean Hannity explained to me that Westworld was just like real life, except with less... West, in the world, which is great.
2: That's too funny.
1: Wow, I started slipping into like a a Kennedy accent. He better not be elected. I can't do David. (laughs) I almost called him David Duke. Whatever. Wrong racist.
2: All right. Why don't we listen to another tune? Let's do it. Uh, Let's uh, give this one a spin. The original Black Sabbath. Once again, that was Black Sabbath. Taken from Brownout Presents Brown Sabbath, a 2014 release on Ubiquity Records. You can find that, uh, once again, at brownout.bandcamp.com. Our usual bullshit. You can reach the show at 425-296-6557
1: or via email to steve at bonehand.com. You can find my stuff at mightywombat.com. You know, when you go there, click on the buy stuff link, and then click again, and check out some of my my new designs on Threadless and on Redbubble. I got some cool T-shirt stuff. You got some new and stuff. Coffee mug stuff, and yeah, yeah. You can you can have me all over your chest. Who wouldn't want that? <laughs> Who wouldn't, indeed? Uh, what else? We got a Facebook page, Steve. We do. We have fine a fine show that we do. Got a Twitter feed, which I completely ignore. I don't even Twitter anymore. Fuck Twitter. <laughs>
2: Uh, you can find new content on Bonehand.com every once in a while, including the Heavy Half Hour. Oh my God, there's so much good metal coming out right now. So there's gonna definitely gonna be a Heavy Half Hour soon because I gotta have an outlet. This is gonna happen.
1: You keep saying that, but I, I haven't heard it. I know you haven't.
2: Uh, I am also on Twitter and Bonehand over there, and uh, our Twitter feed is Bonebat, where you can find stuff about the film festival. Also, again, as Gordon mentioned, we've got a Facebook group. And a uh, event page is already set up for the 2017 Bone Bat Film Festival. So, if you're interested in checking out what we've got going on, uh, give that a like so that you give can see. You can play along at home. Huh. Thank you again for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. Of course, also thank you to greg and brown out for sharing their music with us on the show it was a real honor on a big show like this our ninth anniversary to have some great music to play and celebrate along with and that really hit the spot so thank you very much fellas also thank you to Stuart and vaughn for calling in and wishing us well on this uh momentous yeah. occasion
1: thank you and spawn fix my mail situation all right well, why don't we all close out one more
2: tune dude Yeah, okay. What are we going to listen to? Last one from Brownout. This is Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. I hope you dig it. Once again, this is Steve.
1: This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one. To be perfectly clear, I completely dislike Westworld.